Hello, and welcome to Filling the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today, we are going to discuss a game called Broken Age. This game is developed and published by Double Fine Productions, around $15 at base, very positive reviews with close to 4,000 at the time of recording this. It was released back in January of 2014, I believe. Yep. And there's some questions I have about that, but I will ask you in a minute. Okay, I probably won't know, but okay. Very possible. Roughly, I, how long to beat had it at a much shorter time than it took me? <laughs> I've given up on how long to beat, man. It just, I don't trust it anymore. For some games, yes, but for, for games where puzzle solving is involved and there's no walkthroughs involved, then get out of here. Because people are just like going through this with a walkthrough and just like, Boom! Oh man, Broken Age took me five hours to finish. No, it didn't. It takes five hours just to listen to all the dialogue. <laughs> Especially the way we do it, because we try to listen to all the dialogue. And you get an achievement for listening to all the dialogue with the spoon. I didn't. Oh, really? I'm very annoyed, so oh. I'm going to have to play it again. <laughs> it's 16 point hours of what I got. I got it at 20, so yeah. But just, just shy of 20. Right. Well, you're just shy of 20 gave you all the spoon <laughs> things that I didn't get. The development of the entire game can be watched through what is known as the Double Fine Adventure. It is available on YouTube. You can buy it through Steam, but sorry, Steam, you can get it for free on YouTube. <laughs> it's it's already there. There might be some more things in there. It's 63 episodes in the full playthrough, uh, or their full playlist, but that includes two Amnesia Fortnites in there. So it's 21 episodes with about 15 side quests, which are longer versions of interviews with particular individuals who are working on the game. It's a bit like war stories if you were actually watching war stories as it happened. Right. right? We've talked before about the Ars Technica war stories. This was a documentary that went from... We just got backed from Kickstarter all the way through releasing the project and just a bit after and all the difficulties, the highs and lows, you kind of see all of it through this. And it's a very, very good series. I will talk about it, probably hinting at it through, but really kind of want to save a bit more of that for right at the end. There's a section in there where Tim Schafer says, I hope at some point people will actually just be talking about the game as a game and not how it relates to all the other things. So I kind of want to push most of that stuff right to the end because we are coming to it late, at least to discuss it. You played it before, right? I think I got it a while ago and I probably farmed it for cards. And then I think maybe we both, you probably told me about Double Fine Adventure and then you're like, I'm waiting to play it because I'm waiting to watch it all because I don't I want spoilers play first, for, yeah. the, for Broken Age. And so I held back as well. And then for some reason, it just got put on the back burner for a long time. So I am glad that I've played it. I'm glad that I've watched through. I've not watched through all of the side quests, but I have watched through the 20 to 21 episodes of the actual main uh, Double Fine adventure. So there, there's a lot that goes into that, but the primary thing I want to do first is discuss the game just as a game like we would normally. Mm -hmm. It'd be a little bit awkward just because you can make choices that will put us in different orders. 
Yeah. And I'm not sure that we need to necessarily go puzzle by puzzle, but there are a lot that I do want to discuss, and I think that you do as well. Yeah. This is one of those where we were playing and back and forth, hinting each other, but also giving a bit of commentary as to how we feel <laughs> at the moment. Sometimes we're very happy. Sometimes we were less than happy. Yeah. It is a beautiful game visually, and I don't think that... <laughs> I want to say objectively, but I mean, beauty is subjective. But I think that that would be one of the top things people would say about this game is it is just beautifully done. It's done in a way that in many ways was hand painted. Yeah. And it shows. It just looks very unique and also beautiful. I love the colors they've done. I love the way that the brushwork looks and the animation looks pretty good as well. So it just yeah. visually is great. Story at times isn't everything that I want it to be, but ultimately I like the beginning. I like the end. Mm -hmm. Some of the puzzles are where I will, I will kind of complain. And this is where if Tim Schafer ever listens, this is probably where he will be like, no, no, because in, in the uh, adventure, you see him at one point watching a Twitch stream of oh, somebody really? playing going, well, it's because of this. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. you, you got to remember that that's in your head. You made it. And everything makes sense to you, but as we're playing it, we're not going to be thinking about things the same way. And Tim Schafer's brain works in a very adventure game logic sometimes that doesn't always correlate with real world logic. God, even the way that he works is adventure game logic. It's like those notebooks that he's got piled up. It's like, how do you find anything, man? You've got no system at all. This is just like, click on bookshelf and <laughs> remove item. Oh, there it is there. It's magically appeared in my inventory. Remove idea. <laughs> remove <laughs> idea, yes. Um, but yeah, it, it is beautiful. That's the first thing that I looked at because when the first thing I noticed was that big, big compass thing that you got, the big pointer, yeah? That's straight out of like old school LucasArts, Full Throttle, Grim Fandango. And I was like, is this going to be one of those games? Is it going to be like dated like that? Because it is from 2012, you know, or 2014, sorry. So it's, it's Well, it started, I think, in 2012. Yeah, right. So um, it is, I mean, and for other games that did come out in 2012, this beats the pants off of them graphically already but I was thinking is it going to be more of a retro style but then you get this beautiful yeah like you said it's hand painted uh, I didn't know it was called computer animated but because to me it looked hand drawn and then like photographed or however you want it's like scanned you know whatever kind of like what, like what they did with um, that other game like um, Luminosity they, they built a whole city out of cardboard basically um, but yeah it looks amazing I liked all pretty much all of the story um, I loved the twists and, uh, yeah, just some of the puzzles I felt a bit deflated by. Right. And we're, we're definitely going to get into that. I would highly recommend it. This, of course, is, well, according to the release date, it is seven years old as we're recording this. So it does often go on sale and occasionally a double fine bundle will come out. And that's the one I really I would think push. That's where we got it. That's definitely where we got it. And that's, the one I'd really push people to go for is if there's a double fine bundle, because then you can get so many of the other ones that we've already talked about, like Grim Fandango, uh, Full Throttle, Brutal Legend, uh, like we've done stacking Costume Quest 1 and 2. It's a, anytime that it's a double fine bundle, there's good stuff in there. 
Yeah. And if you like the artwork from those other games, like Costume Quest and stacking, like that style, it's like this has got that kind of... But even more so. But even more, yeah. Yeah. So I recommend it. I think that you should definitely play it before you listen to this one because we are definitely going to get into some of the puzzles and some of the story and both will have spoilers. And the story does have some pretty, for me, had some pretty big twists that I didn't see coming. So yeah, definitely play it. If you're going to play it for the story, like I generally do as well, like that's why I play these games in the first place. So don't ruin it. Exactly. And with that, I think it's time that we head into the spoiler section. So if you have not played yet, uh, well, that's the other thing I would warn is don't watch the Double Fine Adventure unless you've played the game as well. You can watch. Does it maybe... have some pretty good spoilers in there? Yeah. Are you glad you didn't watch it? Yeah. Okay. There's a point where the documentary itself at the beginning will say they're oh really mm. spoilers for Act One, so you you don't. But even before that, like, even into the first couple, there are a few things I saw that's like oh well now I've seen that now I know that that's coming. Mm. And I don't want to talk about that at this moment because we're not there yet. But I would say you could probably watch the first one. And if the first one gets you interested in wanting to play it, then great. I think if you're listening to this, then you already know what kind of games we like. And you know whether or not our recommendation means anything to you if it has any weight. But there is. We're going to get into it now. Here's your spoiler warning. Okay. In the beginning. God created the earth. And Tim Schafer created Broken Age. (laughs) We have this image, and this is one of the things I do want to point out from the adventure, is that this is one of the first things that he had was this image of Vela leaning against a tree, sitting down, leaning against a tree, and Shay leaning against the wall of the spaceship back to back. That image that was the, I think it still is the thumbnail typically on Steam. And that is basically one of his first images he had about the game. And he had this little doodle and that held all the way through. That that image is really important to the story. It also is important to how it plays. In particular, the fact that we have two protagonists and at the beginning of both acts you get to choose which protagonist you want to follow i believe we both chose vela first yep and i'm not sure why just she's on the left i think so my rules always go left so there we go for me i honestly because of some of the things i'd heard from the first few episodes when i'd watched it before i thought the spaceship sounded amazing mm-hmm. and i really wanted to put that off because that sounded amazing and i wanted to do the lesser one first right i thought and then what ended up happening was i actually liked her story way (laughs) more her story was so much more interesting to me because it felt much more i think traditional adventure game style than some of his stuff but i still like both of them but her story was wild and all these different settings you get to fight monsters yeah you know yeah and his, I mean... Especially as the game is more repetition and grind. Which is the point. That's, it is, it is the That point. is the story and you feel it. But that's... After coming off the excitement of going all the way through Vela's and then getting to his, like, oh, that's... It's 
It's a bit slow. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I found myself just like itching to get back to Vela's story. Like, when am I going to get back to that? And then when I got the choice to go back, I was like, actually, I'm going to do Shay's one first this time. So I played, I played Vela, Shay, Shay, Vela, like that. Exactly the same for me. Right. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And well, I did- to a point. Because you have to switch. Because you have to in the second act, yes. All right. So, as we are getting into the story, we meet Vela and a little bit her sister, Rocky, who is dragging her after the screen pans over. You choose her and then the whole screen pans over to show us more of her world and her town of sugar bunting. Sugar bunting, that's right. Which apparently used to be known as steel bunting. Mm Mm-hmm. Until they became soft. <laughs> yeah. According to uh, the grandfather, I believe. It is Vela's big day. She is one of the maidens for the maiden feast. And at first, I didn't realize she was just going to be one of them, even though I should have because of something that I'd seen in the adventure. But the main thing is we have to get her home, which is easy enough for us. But... Very interesting what they do with perspective and adding depth to the world. How she goes from being very large as we see her close, but very tiny when she's off in the distance and how smoothly that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, did you ever play a game called Old Man's Journey where you walk through I the paintings? I haven't yet, no. They do a similar thing where there's like three levels to the painting. So it's like... There's like the up close one and then the next level, the next level back. And you, the way that they do the transition is they just, they make you dip behind a hill and then you pop up on the next hill, but you're further away this time and things like that. It's, it's, it's good, but they do this really well in this one too. And they use kind of similar, similar effects. Like when you're coming out of Curtis's house, you dip under the hill and then you pop up closer. Right. Uh, one of the things they do as well that they talk about in the adventure is that what it is, it, kind of exactly what you were describing, how there'd be three different levels. Right. But occasionally there will be things spinning or moving that are more 3D mm-hmm. that take that 2D layer but make it appear 3D because there's elements that move around in 3D. Like there's a full wheel at the top of the building spinning around. And so that will do the 3D effect. And it just those little things add a lot to the world and the, the depth of it and the way that it looks, mm. which is just fantastic. We get into, I love this house part because we get in and we get to meet characters. We get to start getting a bit of exposition, some story told to us, as well as it's just some very simple point and click adventure stuff to get you warmed up. Well, maybe for you it was, <laughs> not for me. Really? I got lost in this. In the house? Yeah. Because my first note is right here is what? There's no pickup animation. So I didn't know that I had the item that I needed. So I was going around for 10 minutes, re-talking to everybody over and over and over again, trying to pick up the cupcake for the second time, but I couldn't because the first time you pick it up, it just automatically goes in your inventory. There's yeah. no hand gesture. It's, there's nothing there. Okay. It's like... That I will say... And they did I that had a couple a, of times. I had a similar problem. I oh. did have a similar problem, but... Then I figured out where my inventory was, and then I saw that it was there. Especially because of the dialogue the mom says. Like, eat the one you have before you get another one. Oh, I must actually have one Mm. already. Oh, there's my inventory. Yeah. And there's Shay, but I'm not going over there yet. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, so that's where I was. I 
didn't really have a problem with it. I actually like the inventory system. It's so simple. There's not a lot. You're not going to get a double layer of inventory or There's anything There's no arrow like key to scroll through. You'll never, ever, ever fill that up. And they've not done the really old school thing with Monkey Island of the many commands you have to do. Mm. This is very point and click, very friendly to casual adventure game players. And I think that that was one of their goals was trying to make this friendly to anyone who wants to jump in. And I think they did that very well with this one. You have a cursor that changes if you're over something that you can interact with. So you're not having to click absolutely everything, even though a lot of times I did because that's old school adventure <laughs> games. <laughs> Maybe there's some sort of pixel that I need to yeah. click on that I'm not seeing or that isn't, it isn't changing properly. But for the most part, it's pretty obvious what you can interact with and what you can't. Pretty much anybody who's on screen, you can talk to at least somewhat. We are going to talk mostly to uh, the grandfather, but also we need to talk to the little uh, town representative. I, I forget, I've got her name down here somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who She has like giant baguettes in her <laughs> hat. <laughs> Basically trying to say what a... What a great thing the Maiden's Feast is and how Vela should feel so honored, even though Vela is very concerned about it. And uh, she should be. Yeah, because I wasn't clear. I was like, oh, this is just all they were talking about. Oh, and the the the, the, the Chog, Mog Chothra will carry the lucky ones away in his belly. And I was like, oh, this is all a metaphor for something. And then until you realize, like, oh, it's not. <laughs> it's not a metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually going to happen yeah monsters are eating are eating uh like prom queens every what is it 14 years or something yes. like that yeah so yeah every 14 years this monster comes to eat three prom queens <laughs> it's like it's pretty dark you have you have the mother who won't cut the cake except with her special knife so we have to spend we have to find the special knife Rocky says we can have cupcakes, but not the red ones because those are her favorite. Mm -hmm. I love the little mystery here. Like I said, it's a very simple puzzle to get through. I guess once you realize you have a cupcake. Exactly, yeah. But to take the cupcake over and to say to the grandfather, hey, uh, let's split it. And so he reveals the fact that he's holding the knife, yeah. cuts it and in very adventure game style. He cuts it and flings the knife into a table. Yeah. So you can grab it when he's not looking. It's great. I mean, I played this and I went, this is adventure games. This is what I want. This is and exactly the type of thing that as I'm well. For. Yeah. Because like, I noticed this as well throughout the game is just like exactly. It starts out with this knife throw, but throughout the game, rather than the classic style of adventure games is... You use the item and then it suddenly just vanishes from your inventory if you don't have to use it again. But in this, you get like a reason for what happens, like the knife will float away in space or this will happen or something will grab it and run away with it. You know, it's like there's an animation to show you, okay, that's gone and you don't need it anymore. And this is just a little bonus thing for you to watch and laugh at. It's great. I love the dialogue in the whole game. 
pretty much. And this one just sets the tone for that. The conversation with the grandfather in particular, just the way he's so grumpy about what's happening. Yeah. And he doesn't want to admit that he's hidden it, but clearly gives away that he's hidden it. It's this way of writing of, we know what's going on and you as the player should know what's going on, but the character itself is going to try and hide it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. We're going to get that all taken care of, and then we we get to the Maiden's Feast. Really great cutscenes in between, typically, in this game. Mm-hmm. Maiden's Feast, everybody looks like a giant cupcake, the five maidens. Yep. And they each have something going on. So we have... <laughs> they're marked on each one of the, the back of the... It's not even really a dress. It is a cake that they're in, right? <laughs> yeah. Delish, uh, fun size, drink me, hot stuff. Um, I forget what the other one is, but it just cracks me up yeah. seeing that. And then Mark Chachter is going to come out this huge Cthulhu-looking yeah, thing. Yeah, basically, almost. yeah. <laughs> a huge orb with tentacles and red eyes and... Yeah, it's creepy. It's and then the Kraken rising out of the, the ocean to take away that princess, whatever her name was. And then it's going to come over to you. And there's a big blue bird, which we're going to find later is called Jesse, who's going to keep flying around and irritating Vela in some way. And suddenly, I believe the hot stuff maiden gets eaten. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. Well, this is a bit more extreme. And you also get, I think, with that cutscene of her being taken, you get shots of the family wondering if maybe this was a bad idea. Right. Because throughout the home conversation, Vela has the option to say, are you sure this is the good idea? Do you think it's okay? Maybe we should fight back. Yeah. And she's trying again now with these maidens. Maybe we should fight back. No, no, we've been chosen. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, you're so brainwashed. Yeah. It's like those aliens from Toy Story when they get chosen by, what, what's his name? The Claw. Yeah, the Claw. The, the, the bad guy. Yeah, it was like, I can't remember, it was like Sam or Steve or whatever his name was, the next door neighbor. Sid. Sid, yeah. And he was an S. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 you don't know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. We have a fun little puzzle here where. Throughout the game, you're not really rushed. You never, yeah, you never are, yeah. And that's something that's great in an adventure game. I really enjoyed that, especially after some of the ones we played recently, which had time limits. This, with no time limits, felt very relaxing, as is the music for the most part. Amazing music mm. to fit with the, the art as well. Yeah. And that's the thing. Even though this is a crazy situation and I should feel pressure i do a little bit but i don't i don't personally for me feel stressed and that works for this it really does so we have the woman on the left side of us the maiden on the left side of us who has the giant chicken leg or something that's right yeah which we want to get and we also have uh the one on the right who has a fizzy drink which is the only thing we can use to trade Mm -hmm. to get the giant chicken leg and there is also corset that we get so the basic puzzle is trade the fizzy water to get the giant chicken leg which 
<laughs> falls into our cake as she's being eaten. Yeah. And then use the the corset to grab the bird and fly away. And it's it's wonderful. It's very adventure game logic, but it it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was just I just wrote down there. Yeah, it's just it's quirky, it's nonsense, it's double fine. <laughs> <laughs> we will then be taken to Mariloft, an area full of birds. Everything is on clouds. There is a cult here that's all about being light, man. You got to be light. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I do want to say the voice work in this game is just fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that. I would make the same choice in every moment. But overall, this is not just a great cast, but great effort and great work. And everybody who's in this feels like they're really in it. No bit of dialogue, even from the spoon, the knife, the fork. (laughs) It all sounds like they're really giving their all. And it's just done so well. I love the knife, man. (laughs) I do too. Let's get to that when we get to space. But let's talk about... Jack Black, who appears here as Light. Ha- Harmony. Harmony. Lightbeard. Harmony. Because yeah. they cut most of the vowels out. Because they're all about cutting down on excess. Yeah. So nobody has possessions except what they need. Everybody has to wear cloud shoes so they don't sink through the clouds. Though, do we really need the cloud shoes? This is a question I have for you. Not if you run. <laughs> That's what I thought. I think, though, I only noticed that when I got to Shay on the clouds, though. I think when you're Vela, there's there's cutscenes where definitely when you're walking, like if you if you walk out towards the birds, you'll walk and then you'll stop walking and you'll just start sinking and there'll be it, it triggers a cutscene. But if you keep walking, I feel like so long as I keep moving, I don't fall through. Yeah, I think there's a point though where there's a big a big section. Where you can't keep moving, and I think you, I think you have to get the cloud shoes to get to one area. Is it up by the tree? Yeah. Okay, that might be then. But otherwise, I didn't quite get why I needed them. So long as I kept moving, it seemed like I could. Yeah. But maybe there is one section. But you definitely do that with Shay because he doesn't ever get shoes, as far as I remember. No, he, I don't no, think he never so. gets shoes. One of the first places I went was down to Twyla who is depressed because she didn't get chosen. Lucky you. She gives cloud shoes to Bella. And Twyla is one, uh, I felt so sad for her, even though... (laughs) That's what you're supposed to feel. (laughs) You know, she's better off for not having been chosen. She's just so depressed about it. Yeah. And I don't think we ever get to meet her parents. No. Which is kind of a shame because... I want to know their side of the story because she talks about them a lot. <laughs> she says, oh, they'll never forgive me for not being chosen. Yeah. I may as well just stay here forever. Uh, what? Really? Are you sure? <laughs> I was hoping to be able to their parents to fix that. But they kind of come back to her in the second act. And they give her some adoptive parents instead. But I kept thinking there must be a way to help her out in the first one. Mm. And there's a bit of that. Without realizing there is a second act and that you will get to interact with these characters again, there's a lot that feels unfinished when you finish act one. And that's okay. That's okay. 
But boy, was I coming back to her all the time with everything I had, hoping that I could do something for her, and I couldn't. You will get to meet Walter and Chit, and they are basically the center of the area for you to do some exposition and not much else. They're other members of the family, the mother, Carol, who has a cloud shoe shop, and Maggie, McGee, McGee, who is off to the side brushing eggs as we meet her the first time. She's very entrepreneurial. Yeah. She's always trying to think of some way to make money or to work towards getting away from this cult. Because the boys seem to be really into it, but the women of the family are not having it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're, we're here for now, but it's only for now. <laughs> Just my, my stupid husband. <laughs> um, but yeah, McGee is, uh, that's Princess Bubblegum or Starfire from Teen Titans Go. That, that's, that's who she is. She has a few voices in this, but um, yeah, there's a little bit of Adventure Time presence here because uh, Pendleton Ward's in this as well. And so is she. So, yeah. So maybe maybe Tim Schafer's friends with him or he likes to work. Because I got some real Adventure Time vibes, from, especially on the spaceship, man. That's like all those little characters running around. It's like, yeah, good times. With this section, there's the fruit tree where you need to fall through to save Gus. Mm-hmm. Because he's caught by his underwear. <laughs> yeah. But not. Totally not. <laughs> like later on when you get, I was under, caught by my under... Standing. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget, what do we get from him at this point? It's just something uh, that's just beyond he, him, he, right? he basically gets off the branch. I think he drops a peach. Or is that... Because you need two no, peaches. Uh, I think at this point, it's the egg. Oh, oh, the egg's on the edge of the branch, that's right. He had Jesse's egg, and he won't get out of the way, so you have to knock him off so yeah. that you can fall through, knock him off. So you can get the egg to take it back to yeah. Gus. Gus, that's Pendleton Ward. He, that's that's the character that he plays in this, yeah. And I'm trying to think what else we had to do. Basically, we had to keep doing things to get the eggs. So we had to get the ladder in order to climb up and get another golden egg, which yeah. that's where we really need the cloud shoes because the ladder falls Sinks. through otherwise. Yeah. But once you have the cloud shoes on, then you can keep climbing up and get that one. Yeah. And... You're going to end up with three eggs that will weigh down the ladder so that you can... Uh, what well, Even just with the first one, I think that allows you to go up to talk to Harmony and hear all about the cult from his perspective. Yeah. And then with three, it weighs it enough so that it will crash into Curtis's roof. Right, that's right, yeah. Oh, you mean the, the, the offerings? Yeah, the three yeah. offerings, that's right. Because you need the three golden eggs to weigh it down. The three golden eggs plus you as yeah. Bella are enough to weigh it all down and send it crashing so that you can go to the next section. Yep. And Curtis is, I mean, he's a hipster. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're hiding that in any way <laughs> from the, the way he dresses to the things that he says, the whole concept of I'm against capitalism, but I also want to make money so that I can, <laughs> the whole idea of I'm going to make enough money so that I can be a true artist later. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the fact he's he's a very unique character. Oh, I can make anything with wood, so long as it's a stool. <laughs> you, you come to realize very quickly that that's all he can do. You can grab a couple things off the wall if you choose the right conversation bits. There's an axe, there's another decorative bit. 
He's removed all the trees from paintings and there's a glass window where you can pull the sun out and the fireplace is all boarded up. Curtis is afraid of talking trees. We'll find out there actually is a talking tree. Though, I don't understand this part. How does he know it's a talking tree? Because it can't speak until we use the axe to open up the mouth. Yeah, and also everyone else in town seems to know that there's a talking tree there. So it's not like he's the only one and no one believes him. Perhaps he just moved to this area? Yeah. And so he didn't realize... Or maybe the tree's farther away from the beachside part and people don't go that direction because there's a big snake that wants to give you big hugs. There is a big snake, which... Boy, did I try to get through it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Not realizing, oh, that's a puzzle for later. Yeah. And then when you do get through, oh, that's a disappointment. <laughs> there's because nothing there's nothing there. there. <laughs> yeah. But I like the way that connects story-wise. Yeah. We'll get to that when we get to it. For now, we need to make the tree throw up. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to catch it. So for that, we need to get into Shell Mound. Yep. The beach area where they are working towards their maiden feast. And that's why Vela is trying to desperately get here is because she's trying to find a way to fight back against Mog Chothra. The bit in Mariloft happened, I believe, even before they came to Sugar Bunting. So that would make sense. Yeah. So she's going to the place she knows that Mog Chothra will be next. Yeah. And everyone she's talking to, do you have a weapon? Do you have a weapon? Do you have a weapon? <laughs> no, 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 no. But we're going to get into Shell Mound. And in Shell Mound, there is the man who wants to be the mayor, but isn't yet. He's just... Oh, I uh, thought he was the mayor. Okay. No, he's running to be mayor. Uh, he wants okay. to be... I think if he does well at the Maiden's Feast, then he's likely going to get to be mayor. Uh, okay, right. And that's one of the things you can say to him is... Well, that hat makes you look very regal. And he says, oh, I want to be a man of the people. You better take it before anybody thinks I'm too high of a station. Yeah. So that gives you the bucket. You need to get the tree to throw up. So you need to get the driftwood to take to Curtis to make a stool so the tree will throw up into the bucket. Yeah, because he's like, you've murdered my people. Yeah. Tree is very funny. I like his dialogue a lot. Doesn't like my jokes. No, mine either. <laughs> but you're going to take that and that sap is what's going to help hold the sand castle sections together because they just keep crumbling yeah, in the right. animation in the yeah. background. You're going to go up to the Dead Eye God Pyramid where the guards there are, air quotes here, blind. Yes. And saying a lot of stuff that just sounds kind of stupid. But what you get from them is the... A water like a water gun, essentially. Yeah. A super soaker. <laughs> which you're going to go and fill in with the chum stuff. Yeah. Which <laughs> you're going to use not on yourself because that's not the right scent. You need to spray the other maidens so the gulls attack them. And the Vela will say, oh, I think it must be that scent that you're wearing that you won't let me wear. Mm. Maybe if you let me take it from you, they'll leave you alone. And that's what gives you that. So now you smell right for the ceremony uh, and you can yeah. you can get into the ceremony as one of the maidens. I did it. I, I sprayed the mayor with that or the guy that wants to be mayor. I you sprayed. probably sprayed everybody. 
And then, because it's not until you get, I mean, when you get to him, he gets attacked by gulls. And it's like, ah, okay. So I went and did it to the girls uh, to get rid of them. Yeah. Oh, you actually sprayed him with the yeah, chump. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, because he's got that, he's got that, uh, like, whatever it is, that, that shell whistle thing. Like mm-hmm. Okinawa, whatever it's called, right? And so when you attack him with the, the chum super soaker, he blows that and they all disappear. And he's like, lucky I've got this. And so you're like, oh, mental note. Okay, I'll be having that later, probably. Um, but yeah, so then, yeah, then I used it on the, on the two, the two, uh, uh, maidens. Then you get into the pyramid. You got to solve that riddle first. Yes. And, which riddle was it that we were? That was the peach here? one. That was the like. So I can't. I really don't remember what it was, but it was like what's basically soft, oh, right. soft on the outside, hard on the inside. Blah 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 blah. This is what you need one of the fruit for, yeah. yeah. Which you didn't get from Gus. I think you could just pull this one off the tree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it this? And it's such an obvious riddle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is pretty dumb. And then they go, oh, well, that's just the riddle some girl told us today. We've been trying to figure <laughs> it out <laughs> because they made it sound like it was this. Ancient, ancient little, yeah, yeah. Oh, can I go inside now? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so we go inside, and this is where we can start messing around with stuff. We put the art piece from Curtis's wall onto the slot here, and this is what wakes up Alex. Who you, or who I totally thought, oh, it's Shay. Yes, and they did this twice. Mm-hmm. And with good reason, I think. Red herring, not red herring. Yeah. It's... It appears to be, but it's not really. Yeah. And so it's it's not him, but you could very easily think it is him. You have then a bunch of things you get to talk to him about. And you have the slots on the wall where you will eventually, and this took me a long time to figure out because he keeps saying, oh, don't do them incorrectly or things will overheat and will explode or something so i i listened to him rather than thinking in a game way of like oh, well right. that okay he's telling me i have to do it in the wrong order right. so I, I just put them in the right order and for ages didn't mess with them thinking it, because he says something like that's that's really good what you just did that looks good and i said oh okay well i'm done then oh, yeah but no i'm not done i'm supposed to do it the <laughs> other way i'm supposed to I'm supposed to make the weapon. I'm supposed to make it terrible. Yeah. So that was one of the last things I think I finally did in Act 1 was do that. But him being there adds so much to the lore of the world. And you know that he's from this mission from space from a long time ago, but then starts to realize that maybe he's not from space. Mm-hmm. And he refers to, he's the one I think who referred to sugar bunting as steel bunting. Yeah. Oh, well, if you come from steel bunting, you come from a warrior race, which is not what they are now, but a long time ago they were. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of most of the puzzles. We have everything we need, I believe, to get to the final part of Vela's part for Act One, which is getting into the Maiden's Feast and watching the other two get taken. And then we have to fight Mog Trothra. And what did you think about this fight? Um, I made this... I was like... I just making the same mistake over and over and over again. And it was it was driving me bananas. Because I kept on making the same mistake. And I was I knew that this is wrong. But I couldn't see anything else to do. So I was trying to 
was trying to shoot the legs in different orders. I thought maybe it was like an order puzzle. I was trying to shoot the eyes because it's like, oh, that one's that one's armor coated. Like you can't pierce that. It's like, okay, well, I'll look for a weak eye then. And yeah, I just I looked for everything until because you get up to the mouth, and then you the only animation you can get is like I couldn't trigger the one to open the mouth, and they're like, I know I got to shoot in the mouth now, but I keep on not being able to. This is one where I right away because of the dialogue she gives and a lot of hints she's giving along the way. I need I can't shoot it in the eye; it's armor coated. I need to find someplace else sensitive for ages trying to shoot it in the mouth, but it won't let you shoot it in the mouth, even though it's open. And you can then finally let me get the tentacles. Okay, got those. I get three of those out of the four, and now I'm going to get picked up, but now the mouth is going to be closed. Mm -hmm. And it's just really frustrating because when you get the three done, the mouth is open, but when you get picked up, now it's closed. Yeah. And you could hang there waiting for a while. <laughs> you tried to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried that as well. I had to walk through this one. I had to look it up. Oh, use the extending ladder in the mouth. Of a giant monster. Yeah. One-handed. Yeah. One-handed, I'm going to shove the ladder through the giant mouth of the giant creature, and it's going to open it up just enough. It's not just going to eat me with the ladder. I was, <laughs> I was not happy. Yeah. At this point, I was not happy at this point. <laughs> but that's Vela's story. You attack that, and I believe you get to see yourself on the ground, and then it's going to cut over to Shay's story. Right. Shay is on a spaceship. He is cared for by Mother, who he constantly refers to as a computer, mm -hmm. and his father, who is... <laughs> he's the moon yeah they're basically sun at night yeah, and yeah. then the, the sun the mother comes up during the day you're gonna go eat cereal well first all the robot hands are kinda come out and brush your teeth and wash you then you get to have cereal and you get to make your choice did you go all the way through all the choices yeah I didn't the first time but then the second time I thought I'm gonna push this and see how far <laughs> this goes so many choices. There are a lot of choices, man. Some of them are, are hilarious as well. Like, what was the one, the Soylent? There's Soylent cereal. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, They're yeah. all quite funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It is very much what you'd expect. You get the spoon which talks to you. Yeah. You have... Nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that, you're going to get into your missions. Where the first time the dialogue sounds somewhat excited, there's the ice cream avalanche, yeah. there is the runaway train, there is the spacewalk yep. with the mysterious thing on the hull of the ship. Yeah. And like an assassination or some, uh, some kind of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, going through them, the assassination one is you get there and basically all the knit creatures hug you yeah you have the runaway train which you go on this train the net creatures will say oh if only we had a great hero to help us out and the yellow one will be holding on yeah and won't let the train go until you talk to the mountain and it extends its tongue and then you get to go through and the net creatures want to do the wave and shay says no way yeah <laughs> 
Either either choice is no way. <laughs> you also have the ice cream avalanche, which is basically just eating ice creatures. cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm caught in the ice cream. Oh, oh no. that's right. You got to dig them out of the ice <laughs> cream by eating it. Yeah. And that's it. You've got the nutrition pill you get for around lunch, and then some sort of paste you get to eat for dinner, and then you get to go to bed. Yeah. And that's it. You get into this habit and this routine and nothing ever changes and she doesn't get to make any decisions i love how the 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 uh, control unit is just like one of those fisher price kind of uh, baby toys as well it has all the the perfect size the squeaks and the rattle rolls and things like that it's like yeah it's it's so funny just first time playing that i love that design so funny and uh yeah just perfect but yeah as, as you go through it's like oh well i guess i'll do the train again or let's go for what is it like diabetes mountain or something i can't remember what he called it like sugar rush mountain or something again so you get to keep doing them and one thing i think they did that was really clever was you can go through them all two or maybe three times and then all of a sudden the ones that you can't really do anything more with disappear until only the train one is left yeah so you know that the thing you have to do is this one. But this is another walkthrough moment for me because I couldn't figure it out. Just me couldn't too. figure it out. I think part of the problem was we had done the spacewalk. We had Grabbing Gary. And boy, I really wanted to use Grabbing Gary. And I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't use him anywhere in this section. I kept thinking maybe my timing is off. And if I just say to the mountain, wake up. And then I use Grime and Gary. I'm going to do it. But I just couldn't get the timing right because there is no timing. It's animated from that point on. Yeah. You- I had exactly the same logic. Exactly the same. Because like, oh, he's holding on. I can't hold on much longer. It's like, well, I've got Grab and Gary. He I'll can hold, hold on. on all day. Yeah, exactly. Give your arms a rest. I've got this. I'm the hero you needed. Here we go. Boom. And like, it's almost like the game is setting that up for you. Like, you feel like, yeah, man, I know. This is this is great. This feels good. It's right. And it's not right. And so, yeah, I had to look up a walkthrough for this part as well. And yeah, I'm ashamed. <laughs> yeah, because it's so simple. Yeah. Just talk to the mountain again. Tell yeah. him to put the go back to Just, sleep. Yeah, go back to sleep, mountain. That's it. Ooh. And then you fall onto some foam spikes. Yep. And this is where you get to meet Merrick. And now, the, wolf. now the story kind of changes. Here is a little bit of my problem with the story at this point. Yes, Shay is bored and we are supposed to feel a bit bored as well. I'm okay with that. I think that that works thematically. But never for a millisecond did I trust Merrick. No. The the voice they chose, the way he's obviously a costume. Yeah. Even the line around the neck. I just didn't trust a single thing that he said ever. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's kind of missing. Is that maybe we should have trusted him at first. I mean, maybe not. Maybe that was from the beginning. Maybe we're not supposed to trust him. But then I just felt like I have to do all these missions for him, but I don't trust him. So I feel like I'm being stupid because I have to be stupid. Yeah, I I get what you mean. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like any of the any any game like that where you're forced to be either either you're forced to do something dumb, which you know it's wrong, but you have to do it. Or when they force you to be a bad guy in, in a game, I, I said another one of my pet peeves with games. Right. And that's a little bit what I felt here. I felt like I must be doing something wrong. I must be doing something bad because Merrick seems bad. 
Yeah, I didn't have a clue though. I d- even I, d- I didn't click with the game, like going around and picking up all the things. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was more fake. I thought it was fake. I thought it was just. I thought basically. I thought Shay had reached like level two of peeling back the layers. So it's like now he's found the next level of dumbness, and so this is. He thinks he's out, but he's still in the matrix. And this is the twist. Like I didn't see coming. Right. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of connection here that I didn't see coming. So we're already in the spoiler section. So the great thing is this video game that he basically has Shay play where he's rescuing the creatures yeah. is actually Mog Chathra picking up the maidens. Yeah. And the one he doesn't grab, we find out later, is Twyla. When we connect that, that's amazing. Yeah. That works so well. And the, there's this one that he keeps trying to grab, but he can't grab. And we find out that's Vela. Yeah. Now, the logic behind that, the whole Shay's in an age where he's intuitive and he can sense something. And that's why we need him to do this. And that's why we need him to pick up these creatures in a way that we as whatever race Merrick is can't do. It's like, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> I don't, that doesn't work for me. Build a robot and it's just a giant claw game. What's the what's the problem? <laughs> They're trying to find this mythical one that will have the DNA to fix them. But I don't know. It, it's it's whole, not explained enough, basically, by the end. It's, yeah, or it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. That part of the story doesn't work for me. I'll just accept it and move on. But I, I do want to state that for me... None of that stuff made any sense to me. It, it just didn't. didn't work. I thought, what well, what I did think towards the end is once I'm working out what the plot is, I was like, oh, they've got like, it's maybe a bit too an adult, I guess, maybe, but I thought maybe they had some kind of breeding program, you know? It was like, that's why they were, because they don't want to inbreed and they want to, they want to like diversify their DNA. So they're, they're interbreeding with the maidens to, to, to further their race. But it's, it's, it's the opposite of that. They're wanting to purify their race even further and keep it because they're the plague, hence the plague dam. The, the, these guys are like the – they're a disease to them, but they need them because they're looking for this magical cure to their DNA. I, I thought they were harvesting them to, to further their population. Well, that would I, make more sense to me. They are in a way. Yeah, but not in the way that I – Not as a – It made sense to me. Not as a breeder, but yeah. as we're going to completely – melt you Liquidate down into you. goo yeah. and your goo will help strengthen our DNA and keep us from getting sick so easily or something. Yeah, and at one point she says, why don't you just do that? And it's like, well, we can, well, we're not interested in your chromosomes. You know, we're interested in your essence. It's like, oh, we're down to the dark crystal now. Are we okay? Um, A bit. Yeah. yeah. So that is, yeah, it just wasn't explained enough, I guess. I do like the fact that the ship is so big. There's just a lot to do. When you start getting to go through the teleporters and it starts shrinking your head. That was a puzzle that I did not wrap my head around. uh, Really? I knew it immediately. As soon as he said, oh, my head's too small. Well, that's going to be useful later. Well, yeah, I got got that. And I was like, okay, I'll shrink it down, shrink it down, shrink it down. I didn't realize I already had a baby helmet in my inventory. Ah, well, that's (laughs) what you were missing. (laughs) I was like, why am I not using that? Yeah, Darren, because you're an idiot. I love the teleporters. I love the fact that the navigation is done by a space weaver, essentially creating right. a 
scarf that will guide the ship to where to go. The fact that everything on the ship is knit, and as we'll find later in Alex's, all of his ship was about music. Music, that's right, yeah. It's a very interesting and very double-fine concept. And it's, it's so funny how the whole DNA thing upsets me so much. But the fact that this spaceship is full of living mittens. Yeah. And <laughs> guided by a scarf doesn't bother me in the slightest. And in fact, I like it. I think maybe part of the problem with the DNA thing is it's starting to throw in... Midichlorians. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and pseudo real world science. Right. Instead of more just adventure game silliness. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why. But I do like the ship. I like the way it looks. I like so many things that you can do on it. The original adventures were fun the first couple times. And then they start to get boring. But again, that's on purpose. We're going to have to get a radiation suit. But we can get that. But the helmet is broken, which is why we have to have a baby-sized head to get in to get in through the shielding, the radiation shielding. That's right. To put headphones on a on a radioactive ball. Like I, I, I missed that part of the dial. I don't know why the headphones contain the power. I don't. I, I don't think they're headphones. I think that they're meant to. Uh, see, no, I've written it down somewhere. Um, there's something about the orb needing an inhibitor, and the headphone thing is meant to be an inhibitor. That it's supposed to stop it for a moment. I think. Uh, so that the power, there's something about the power. Oh, that's right. You got to you got to lower the shields, haven't you? That's what it is. Yeah. So that you can get out with Grab McGarry and put him where he needs to be. Yep. You're going to use the knife to cut your breathing hose. So you have to get the tank of air to put in so that you can breathe, and you're going to cut your lifeline basically. And float away. Yeah. But also losing the knife in the process. But you'll find him later. Yep. And then you use like the whipped cream thing to jet your way through space. Like exactly. Iron Man. <laughs> From the, the ice cream avalanche. Yeah. yeah. You will also have the plan. This is another thing I needed to walk through for. Is I didn't understand how to do the space weaver change the pattern. All right. I knew I could use the crochet hook, but I couldn't quite figure out the pattern the first time. Mm. And then once I understood it, that was great, but then it never quite worked the same again. Then it was a different puzzle right. about the the map, the navigational map. But yeah, you're basically going to finish this part. We're going to finish this part, we're going to escape, and we're going to crash the ship. Now, there are some things throughout that the mother has said that made me think perhaps the mother actually was Vela and that we're now in the future because the mother had also been a maiden. Right. So this is what I mean the other time where I felt like they were hinting that somebody was not who they necessarily were. But we get to the end of this pretty great twist because, again, I thought, they were two different timelines. Yeah, me I too. I did not realize they were happening at the same time. So they fooled me. They did fool me. Definitely fooled me. Yeah. And here we are. We see In the Shay, same room. Yeah. Shay and Vela together. Vela's going to 
hit him and run. Yeah. And we start act two. And I, I do think that this is one of those big moments of people not realizing, oh, this is going to be Shay. As soon as I finished Shay's, I went, oh, now I see where we are. And then there he was. It's like, oh, okay. So I was wrong. Yeah. Um, as soon as I saw Bella, I went, oh, now I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I had done it from the other side, if I had done his first, I might not have put it together quite as quickly. But again, I I only predicted it about 30 seconds before it was actually shown to me. So right. not, not, not like I'm some genius here. <laughs> and it didn't feel out of place. Like this is a twist that felt like it had been set up. And here it is. Yeah. So now we get to switch sides. We both choose Shay, I believe, yeah. to go next. And part of that was, I just find this part of the world a bit more interesting. Oh, no, I tell a lie. I chose, I did choose Shay, but then I got bored. And so I went back to Vela and I did, <laughs> I did Vela's stuff. I finished pretty much everything on of Vela's and then we went back okay. to Shay. I did about half with Shay. That's why I knew about the wiring, I think, because I played Vela's part to the end. But this is also where we're going to meet Shay's father. Mm-hmm. And this is where Shay realizes that his parents aren't computers, which is a bit much for me to take. Uh, I accepted it. Just, I mean, I don't know that w- why the dad was. I mean, I understand the mom. She was always in that room. She was talking through the computer. She was always on a screen. I don't know where the dad was. The dad seemed to be out and about a lot. In fact, he's a very hands-on guy. He's like the mechanic of the ship kind of thing. He knows how to take care of it. So he wouldn't be in a control room looking at Shay through a... Unless, I mean, the way I thought it was like, okay, so this is Shay. He's in some kind of special quarantine, which is why they're trying to super take care of me. Can't get a scratch on him. Um, and there's no danger, you know? So, um, because he's the special one, basically. And then, so even they weren't allowed to interact with him. So the only way that they could was through the screen. I get it with the mum. I just... I don't, I don't see I don't maybe, see maybe but I don't it. I don't think that that was ever mentioned I think that that's you filling in the gaps for them it seems a bit much it also seems a bit ridiculous when you start thinking about the timeline because it seems like Shay has been doing this since he was a baby yeah so Mog Chothra has been floating around for 14 years but there's hundreds of Mog Chothras aren't there so but thousands probably okay possibly but they, as a family, have been on the ship since he was a baby. Mm-hmm. They've been on the ship for 14 years to real quick, right at the end, grab from three different villages within like a week and then head back again. Yeah, because they were lied to. I mean, the, 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 the Operation Dandelion or whatever it's called is, you know, they were on this super secret mission through space and... They were only fed what they would, what they needed to know. Um, but they weren't in space. They were just yeah. Even they were fooled. Around yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were fooled by it as well. But they thought they were on this mission, and they kept to the mission. I guess if you don't keep to the mission, you know, big bad wolf on the ship who's maybe hiding underneath the ship is going to take over or whatever. However that works. But no, I mean they're on a mission. They were doing the mission. This is the mission. Picking up the maidens fourteen years later. I mean, there's so there's thousands of them. We're just getting a, a glimpse of this is the one that went wrong or this is the one that went right. I don't know. But, uh, right. I guess I just have a hard time believing that 
the three of them have been fooled for 14 years. Especially when she's a maiden herself, though. You think, say, I was once eaten by a monster, and then I got on board a monster. Or maybe maybe they blindfolded her, put her on, and said, Maybe they did a better job than this. Now we're sending you into space. Oh, really? Okay, thanks. You know, I mean, you, know you were chosen by Mog Jothra. I mean, they were. I mean, they, I mean, if they were that brainwashed into believing this festival was all about, they were chosen, taken beyond the plague dam to this special place, and then they arrived. There's aliens who probably presented themselves in any way that they wanted to. And then you're this divine person. This is your mission. Don't fail us. Hundreds probably did. And they did break the 14-year vow or whatever, and they ended up just hitting the self-destruct button on that Mog Chothra. Boom, see ya. But Shay didn't, and this is where we are. This is the story we're getting, so... All right. I just find it hard to believe. <laughs> it's just a bit much when you go there, but okay. So here we are. We're on Shay's side where, again, a lot more what feels like classic adventure game too much. puzzles and styles. Too much for me, man. It was too much. There was too many, too many things to do all at the same time. Fix this, get this, do this, do that. Like, come on, man. Just give me three things at a time. You give me five or something like that. And there's multiple things to do to get each one. There's like so much to do. So busy. Yeah, I wasn't as bothered by most of this. There are some things that I was. If we get to Gus and we get the acidic fruit and the tap. Yeah. The tap which you can use to open Jesse's egg because it's not quite opening on its oh, own. Oh, that's right, yeah. That, for me, was fine. Then you also get Shell from that. Though That took ages because the biggest problem was that every time I would sink through, a whoopsie birdie would catch me, and it felt like I couldn't get to the base of the tree again. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't realize, oh, there's one section you could go through. That's where you need to go, and I, I wasn't doing that properly. Doing that, once I had that, I was like, oh, well, now the, the egg part's done, and... I can use that shell. Carol with her wire was the toughest part. That took me ages to be able to get. It took me a while because I didn't realize that Alex had a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Space pencil. And it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I borrow that? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Oh, it's that easy. <laughs> You've got the... Uh, well, it does bother me that she's got a bunch of wire and you can't just teach her to make a hook. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Instead, you've got to... Give her the crochet fake. hook. Yeah. <laughs> I once caught a whale with this. Yeah. You have the harmony section where you have oh. to untie it. And so that's what you need the paper for. You need the pencil for. And you need Carol to describe how to undo the knot, which is a bit frustrating. Because yeah, the shapes like? that they say are not necessarily what I see the shapes and as. And I think that's part of the puzzle, yeah. But like, the bucket of fingers, I get that. I can, I can That's the one I got one. it on. Right, me too. And that's also a good thing that they did where they did it very quickly back and forth. If you get it wrong, you immediately are right back at Carol. They didn't do old school walk all yeah. the way through and then go all the way back. Instantly you're back at Carol. But I would want to just keep messing it up until I had the same one. Again, so that I could try a different entry on the same picture. Mm-hmm. But the bucket of fingers is the one I got it on, so I was done. Yeah. Harmony, once you undo his cloud, see that not only is he on the 
anti-gravity thing that we need and is holding up his cloud, but is also holding up all his horde of stuff, <laughs> which is just funny that he's not even just a, a sham guru, but he's a bad guru at that because he's telling everybody they don't need stuff so he can have it all. <laughs> this is where the joke fish will fall from the tree. Oh, yeah. Or fall into the tree. Into the tree. That's yeah. what you need. You will uh, talk to Vela's family who's followed her tracks up to Mariloft. So the mother is talking to Twyla and trying to make her feel better about things. Shay will need her to make a costume. Oh, you made your maiden's feast costume. That's really good. Could you make a radiation suit? <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. If I had the stuff. So we need to get the, the, get the cupcakes. You get the cupcakes from the, the sister and Maggie. Yep. You need to get Walter to lick off the frosting. Yeah. Gross. Gross. <laughs> so that the grandfather will instinctively empty his cane of frosting onto it, give you the cane so that you can fight the girls for their cloaks, and their cloaks then Twyla can make into a feathery radiation suit. Yes. Very, very uh, fashionable. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can get to Alex. You can also get him the hex bot, which is a the hex bot was a real problem for me. Yes, it was. <laughs> As Darren points to his full page of notes of different pictures and images and stuff, this is a walkthrough thing that I I warned you because I was a bit ahead of you at this point. Yeah, and I said there is something you're going to have to switch between storylines to get. Because I never would have gotten this. Otherwise, I was trying to just guess my way through it or hoping that Carol at some point would be able to give me some information. But no. Yeah. And I had put the Hexabot in the section, which it would have shown me some patterns if I had started putting wire in it. Mm -hmm. But no, I, uh, I got a dialogue that said, well, that doesn't look quite right or something. And so I went, oh, well... It fits there, but it's not supposed to be there. And it's not the right shape either. Yeah, it doesn't look it, quite right. It looks right. like it's stuffed in there. It's like you're stuffing the, the triangle into the square hole in the in the toy thing. Yeah. Which, you know, I didn't have the wire yet. So, of course, it wouldn't show me any of the patterns. I... Yeah, I don't, I don't really like these puzzles that go from storyline to storyline. It, it makes no sense. It I mean, just doesn't feel quite right. I wouldn't mind it if it was like, oh, you have to, like, if you had to solve this on this ship before you can do this, because that has an effect, fine. But what you're essentially doing is, Shay is looking at a picture. We, as a player, know that information. Yep. And then we are telepathically transporting that to Vela so that she can solve a puzzle or backwards as well. Yeah, it goes both ways. It doesn't Different make sense. Yeah. That makes no sense at all. I'm sorry, Tim. That makes no sense. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, just cut out how many times I said it doesn't make sense there. But yeah, it's, 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 I just wrote down here BS, also BS, more BS. It's like, that's why it's, it's written down in my notes because it's nonsense. Let me fill in the gaps for them slightly. Okay. Just in the fact that I think the idea behind the Shay and Vela story is that they are somehow connected in a way that is not normal, that is stronger than ever, 
because it's the only way that I can put together the ending because the ending doesn't work otherwise. And we'll get to it when we get to the ending, but I think that that's a big part of what they're trying to do, but I don't think that they built it up enough in the story to make that work. Mm-hmm. But that, if I'm going to fill in a gap here, that's the one that I would fill is that they have this connection that they do have some sort of telepathic connection. The rest of the stuff we've got, uh, getting the wire was, oh, I have to fool her into thinking this crochet hook will make a really great fish hook. To do that, I have to get, instead of a singing fish, I have to get a joking fish, to which I have to tell the tree a joke, which took me forever. Me too, man. Me too. I told a lot of jokes. I'll fast forward this video clip. It's just me. Just I would not give up because I was like, this has to be a thing. I just could not let it go. And I must have told about, I don't know, man, 20, 30 jokes. And then there doesn't, they're not short jokes either. It no. takes a long time to tell one. Multiple stages. Yeah. Joke. What kills me about this is this is another one of those times, much like with the Mog Chathra fight. I know what I have to do. Yeah. I know the end thing. That's not the puzzle. The puzzle is just me stumbling through with everything I've got until I get the right thing. And in this case, it felt even a bit worse because you're in not a boss fight situation. So there's always the possibility that you're supposed to get a piece of the joke from Curtis. Right. Or you're supposed to get a piece of the joke from your father, but you don't know. Yeah. So you could be wandering around forever talking to exhausting all dialogue trees to get like, oh, trees really like this joke, you know, or this pun. Yeah. And you're going to get a massive spool of wire that only gives three little sections for that. <laughs> that's a bit weird. But I mean, the joke thing, I do get, it was very Monkey Island of like the, the, the swashbuckling, like the fencing part. I get what they were going for. It just, it didn't work as well as it did for Monkey Island. You've got the father's thing is he's making that paste, the whole fixing paste, which you have to match the pH balance. It took me a long time before I ever put the spoon in there, which it shouldn't have. Oh, really? <laughs> I, should be, I should have been trying to put the spoon in absolutely everything because yeah. I needed 30 unique bits of dialogue, which I didn't get. But I like that. The idea of, well, it can measure the pH is quite a good use. And that's one thing I do want to say throughout the game is... There were a number of times they multi-used items and assets that worked really well. It worked well story-wise and it worked well, you know, from a comedic standpoint. Ooh, I don't want to go in there, sir. Well, I need you to measure the pH. Go ahead. Uh, They do that very, very well. And in fact, even just reusing the sets from Act Mm 1, making the characters swap and go through them and also seeing what has changed between act one and act two is a great way to, as an indie to save a bit of money and time by reusing a lot of these things that they had already created, but still keep it interesting for me as the player. Yeah. And they, they do such a good job of that, but here comes our math puzzle, which must've been a lot of fun for you. Oh, the ma- oh what the, 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 the pH thing. Yes. I think I just, I just guessed it. I got it first time, man. I was like, peach? Was it peach egg peach? I think that's what it was. It was something like that. I, I did no maths. I just was like, I just did it by feel. <laughs> that was it. 
you get this tiny bit and you go in. And one thing that I do think is really funny is Alex, because when Alex and Shay meet each other, they think they're each other. Like, oh, are you a younger me? Oh, you're an older me. And then they realize, oh, they don't have the same name, so they must not be the same person. <laughs> but then when the father comes in, he also is thinking that yeah, he's... Is that a young me? <laughs> <laughs> Just really funny. I really enjoyed that. And then... Actually, that's the point. Where are they stealing the dads from? I don't know. Does that ever get mentioned? Maybe there's a bachelor's a ba- feast. A bachelor's feast, yeah. That pretty much leads it up to, I think, the other side. So let's go over to... Bella's side, where she's now on the ship. She's going to meet Shay's mother. We're going to see her in person. And even her hair looks very globe-shaped. <laughs> so I thought she looked like the literal dandelion, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's the, uh, your Operation Dandelion, then. Okay. You're going to get locked into that part of the ship, so you can use the controls very cleverly and very interestingly to get to see the rest of the ship in a way, as the mother had throughout right. the whole thing. A very frustrating hexapal puzzle here. Did you have no problems? No. I had a lot of trouble with the timing of it. And I just, there were two sections where it just seemed like I just couldn't seem to get the hexapal to move where I wanted it to. I mean, did you get him to the place okay, but he just not back? I think I failed getting him back once or twice. Because I didn't, and I should have realized because way back in the beginning, you can move, you move that debris out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a thing. But then. Oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're on a totally different puzzle than I am. Oh, okay. Which, which one? Which one? You so see, you're stuck in the control room. You need to get the hexapal with the flashlight. Yeah, yeah. To, to, you got to guide him to you. Yes. Yeah. So you have to hit all the. The switches. switches to overcharge them so that it will come and fix them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but 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 that has nothing to do with the... What's the one we're going back then? That's why. That's much later. That's, yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the garbage one. Yes. Yeah, that's the garbage one. Yeah. No. I'm talking about just trying to get it there. And the the second room was the problem. It was the biggest problem. I think I, my problem was just that there was some switches that I didn't realize were there. But... Mm-hmm. Once because once you get him into the room, he doesn't go back. No, you're. It won't go all the way back, but if you mess up halfway through, it will go back to the beginning of the room. Right. Okay. Well, and, I probably did fail a few times then, but I didn't. Yeah, it didn't take too long to get through it. But and then boy, you get the hexapal right to the door, and then gets sucked out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but then. It took me a long time to figure out, man, what do I do now? What do I do now? Mm-hmm. Didn't think to go in the kitchen. Once I went in the kitchen, I went, oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. okay. So, I need to get it an arm. So, you can change the mode of what food you're doing, the pill or the cereal. And with that, you can get the hexapal in. And finally, you can get out. Now, you can roam around and see. The ship has holes in it where we can see the world beyond. Yep. We actually see that we're not in space. Well, I guess I did skip the section, the probably your favorite section, which was getting to meet the knife again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the knife that was so proud that he cut through the very fabric of space. <laughs> and there's a, a somewhat frustrating hose pipe puzzle here where you had yeah. to get the 
sections to pop out. It it was more an seems random to me. But. Order of operations problem to me than anything because I kept doing things slightly out of order. I knew what I needed to do almost immediately, but actually getting it to work and getting that middle one to pop out so yeah. you can fall onto it. Yeah. But you do that and you're going to get out and <laughs> there's this whole thing with the drama between the utensils where mm. I guess the fork and the spoon used to be together, but then the fork and the knife got together and that caused all sorts of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. With that though, we are, so once we're free to wander around now, we, the teleporter is not going to make her head big. Yeah. Which, well, that's actually how we get into the room in the first place, isn't it? Is that we have to get our head big enough so that our voice sounds kind oh, of like, like, Shay's, like Shay's. yeah. And that's what lets the mother think we are Shay and let us Oh, in. we have to solve that puzzle, though. Like, what's your favorite color? What's the boots? The first boots. Yeah, that, that puzzle. That was tough. Uh, it, it was really tough. Because that is a pure logic puzzle. And they give you, they give you a piece of paper with all the boxes to tick and write in, but you don't actually get to use that paper. Mm. So it's more like telling the player, copy this down on a piece of paper. This information will be important. Right. I was so angry though, because I, I had all but the last question. I didn't even have to think about it. I had all but the last question because I think you had hinted that that stuff was important. So I paid attention. Mm. Okay. I've got it. I've got it. Oh, that last one. You have to do process of elimination yep. and subtract the years and realize that every pair of boots had a different color, a different pattern, a you different size. You like can't everything see the color different. of the actual boots because they've been bronzed. bronzed. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. I know, I know they're polka dot. Yeah. Un unless they're skulls under there and the bronzing messed that up. <laughs> yeah. Once I got it, though, I, I felt very good about it. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. This worked well. And again, some fast cutting back and forth mm. between them. We are going to get to see Merrick and what his face looks like in this part. I kind of laughed at that. I did. I, it was a good. It was a good gag for me. Where it's like he's got the wolf hat and he removes it, and it's the same shape as the yeah. wolf hat. <laughs> the, the eyes feel like they're in the wrong place. Yeah. Maybe there were eye holes yeah, in the costume yeah. we couldn't see. But yeah, it, that seemed a bit much. But same thing with Shay. We're basically given a list of here's all the things we need to be able to do. We need to tell the navigator where to go. So we need to get a map for that. We need to have a bomb and we need to way to get it off the ship. So we're going to encounter the maidens, which with giving them a little bit of floor cereal, cereal yeah. <laughs> as they're trying to steal the hook. You use the hook to steal it under the door. You can grab it. Yeah, that's right. And there's the cereal that you drop so that you can get the robot to come out that you have to follow. Actually, I really like this puzzle of mm -hmm. you need to make sure the obstacle's in the way. You need to run ahead on the teleporter and get there just before it can. Yeah. So that will leave the garbage chute open and also will... Uh, I think that's how you get the garbage, the floor cereal. <laughs> to take to the maidens. There's a lot there. It was tricky, but once you get it, this is the type of puzzle that it feels tricky, 
it takes me a little while to get it, but when I get it, I feel good about it. Mm. So I really enjoyed that puzzle. Tricking Merrick to go look at the maidens because you set off an alarm so you can run all the way around to the other side to lock him in to grab the star chart and get out again. A lot of that stuff I just really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Getting the ice cream into the helmet, I didn't. Uh I had tried using the cloud shoes so many times before this. She wouldn't put them on. I don't think this is a good time. This isn't a good time. I'm pretty sure I tried it in every room, but I didn't try it. After I had fallen through the ice cream. <laughs> that was exactly what I did. It was like, oh, it's the same animation and everything, you know? Like, oh, yeah, that's, this is it. <laughs> and that that got me. I had to do a walkthrough because I, I said, I've, I've done everything. I've yeah. done everything I can think to do. I have a knife, but I can't cut off the whipped cream gun. Like, there's so many things. It's like, right. come, come on, let me do it. <laughs> let me do it. There's the fun part where you... Do you actually go through the train ride and you let the... Oh, you do the wave. You do the wave and that's what catches the poor thing on the tree. Worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I regret nothing. So now you have a... A A ball of yarn. A ball of yarn that you can put on the fork that you can put on the space weaver. That's right. Just a lot of adventure game logic. A few things, like I said, that bothered me because I couldn't quite figure them out. But overall, very adventure game-esque and very fun and getting to see the ship the way that you open the assassination room and it's just nothing is left. Yeah. Or other ones are locked out. <laughs> the way that you're from the train ride, again, banned for life. It even yeah, yeah, a poster yeah. on it on the door <laughs> after banned for life. A bit frustrating, but overall... I enjoyed it. I think there are a few things they could have guided us a bit more on or some things like why make us wait to do the cloud shoes? Why can't we just wear them all the time? Mm -hmm. They look comfy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was wearing them before. I don't think I took them off. It's like the game made me take them off because I can only use it at this time. There was an animation for her taking them off. There is one point where she's like, oh, I don't need to wear these anymore. Like, well, you still got them in your inventory. (laughs) So really (laughs) much. I do like the way the inventory worked with the mouse as well. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but just the way that you can go to the lower part of the screen, that corner, and it just appears. Yeah. You don't have to hit a button to make it work. Again, very intuitive. Yeah. In a way that a lot of the old adventure games, you have to know what button you have to hit for your inventory, and then you have to sort through all of it. None of that with this one. It, It worked very, very smoothly. So again, I the space weaver parts, I always just find them very frustrating. The timing of get him to start and then shoot down the ladder and then change it the way you want. And I couldn't quite see it on the map the way that it was on the grid. And this is another time, though, where you need to get the information. So you, yeah. in Shay's timeline, when you get the tuner shell, yeah. and you give that to Alex and Alex plays a tune. You with no subtitles must make that even harder because the tune on the subtitles, it's like middle tune, middle tune, high tune, low tune. Oh, really? Oh, man. (laughs) And it was weird because I was, usually what I do is I play these games first and then I go back and I record them. 
because I don't, don't want to make a fool of myself, basically. <laughs> Me wandering around for 10 hours and filling up my hard drive full of space. But I was like, should I put the subtitles on for this one? Just because when we're talking, it might be fun to see the subtitles. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm still going to play it without subtitles. That's really interesting to know. Yeah, that they actually give you the solution. <laughs> I, I actually had to... Actually, I had to write down some musical bars. I I had to look it up anyway because I just didn't I didn't get what they were doing. That it oh you have to have it do that from left to right. I didn't get that. I didn't understand. Ah, okay. Now that I've seen it, like this is one of those puzzles where now that I've seen it, if I ever play again, I'm gonna go oh yeah that's what this was. Mm-hmm. Or every time that I find the result, I'll go okay, I see what they're trying to do there. Again though. The only way to share this information is through us, the player. So, yeah. oh. filling in the gaps, they've got to have some sort of telepathic. Yeah. But what I did think was, I didn't think about the the, the whistle thing until later. Because there's actually a, a musical note on the wall behind Alex on the ship when he's still on Shell Mound. And I was inputting that into the star chart. And I don't think that does anything. I kind of wish it gave you some bonus thing or like a little bit of dialogue. But I don't think it does anything. Because I think that location is where... You already are, I think. This world, this this area, I don't know. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, you do the thing. You do the old whistle thing from Prometheus. and <laughs> I do want to talk, though, the one thing that did really frustrate me more than anything on this part, the Vela spaceship part, is the spinning puzzle. So when you get there early on, you're spinning and... You have oh, to, you have to grab, the arm. grab the arm to grab the boot. To, so it's a timing-based one. Yeah, and oh, it just took me so long. And it's one of those, I figured it out, but boy, the timing just doesn't seem to quite work. Mm. And this is one of those things in the Double Find Adventure where they, uh, whoever it was on screen at the time said, yeah, this is going to be the one that people are going to be talking about on the forums. <laughs> like, oh, I hate that mini game. I was going to say, I hate that minigame. Like, this one did not work for me. It felt very out of place. But what doesn't feel out of place is the environment that they've created here. The notes that are warnings to Shay, like, schnookums, don't go out here without your spacesuit. Yeah. <laughs> and Velcro, schnookums, you know, things like that. And the knit creatures are just very cute. The hexabots are very cute. The fact that pretty much everything on the ship that needs to function is knit in some way. I just really like this. It just works so well for me. I need knit robots in my life. (laughs) But that's going to lead us to the grand finale. And the grand finale is, I'm going to say, my least favorite part of the game. I'm going to agree. Puzzle-wise, boy, it's just, it feels very abstract. Once we get to this point. And again, they haven't really told us specifically, at least I don't feel that they have, or at least strong enough or clearly enough, that there is a telepathic bond. But there must be. Because you've got Vela who's trying to blow up the one ship. And you've got Shay who's just trying to grab the ships using Grab and Gary. But, But why? I don't understand why or why the characters would think that. For them to have said to each other like that's what's missing is we needed a bit of communication between the two of them in some way to say this is my plan and even though it seems ridiculous and stupid they trust each other because they've both been lied to so much and been through so much of the same 
environments and the same situations and the same interactions that now they know that this has to be the ending. I mean, their their ending is to destroy the ships, and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But I don't understand story-wise how either one of could have put that together without, as I'm filling in, this telepathic bond. I mean, and the thing is, they even show you a bit where it's like, oh, the, the, the bridge is extending, but it doesn't meet all the way. But at the end, you know that they can both stand on there and talk to each other. Why not just have a bit where they just go out and say, all right, you take care of your mom, get control of the bridge, get get the laser ready. I'll get rid of Alex and I'll get the grabbing Gary ready. All right, let's go. Hustle. But no, no, we're... we're, we're Back to, yeah, even just a Star Wars, you know, force Skype call would have sufficed. But, um, I mean, again, I was like, okay, for me, it's like, maybe it's a, it's a thing of coincidence now where it's like, I'm grabbing the ship. The laser is firing. I thought we had to maybe rotate. So the laser fired back at the gate that's trying to kill us. But no, they are trying to cause a meltdown, which I thought was very unwise i'm with the mum on that <laughs> like yeah don't melt down the nuclear reactor usually you say something like what's the the old idiom kind of thing it's like it's not greater than the sum of its parts or it is greater than the sum of its parts which way around does it go i think it is greater it is greater than the sum of its parts so i would say that this part is not greater than the sum of its parts i like the little puzzles leading up to the final bit but that whole order of operations thing where it's like, you got to do this first to do this next, to grab to this, to, to fire the laser. I wasn't a fan of that. But I did like the, I liked getting past the, the feral hexabots. That was fun. They weren't even hexabots. They were diamonds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you had to get past them. You grab a lever, which is not a lever. It's yeah, a mallet. It's a mallet. <laughs> and then on the other side is the lever, which I had to walk through because I did. I didn't see it. Oh, right. Yeah. The, I did. Just around the corner. Yeah. I saw somebody walk just beyond it and I just paused the walkthrough and went, oh, that's, there's something more. <laughs> there's something more I didn't yeah. see. Having the Hexabot so that you can change it to do the flashlight thing that it was doing on Vela's side so that it can drum properly. Right. Or make it do the harp, but the harp is also so that it can tickle, tickle the yeah. Space Weaver reusing a lot of that stuff again story-wise i think we needed to connect that we should have connected that but game-wise that's kind of fun yeah yeah and again reusing a lot of that same stuff oh i wasn't fun rewiring everything again over and over again though for me Uh, it took me a long time to like i wrote i drew down diagrams of the things because even this way even even in the game there's like oh I hope the direction of the wire doesn't matter. It's like, oh, shit, it does matter, doesn't it? Yeah, it does matter. (laughs) I'm glad they said that because I wasn't sure. Because that means that you're close. And it means you just got to, you probably got one wire that's facing the wrong way. Because there's a weird thing, too, where it will be standing there and almost be working. And you're not quite sure the eyes go from circles to X's. Yes. Is it working? Is this what it's supposed to be doing? I don't Mm. know. So when I got that bit of dialogue, Oh, well, maybe the wiring order does matter. Okay, well, now I'll pay attention to that one. But I like that. I like that. I like the... I mean, it's a pain, Mm -hmm. those puzzles. But I like the fact that they're reusing that, that they are connected in that way. Uh, Just like what we we didn't talk about, what we skipped over, the, the Mr. Huggy, that we know that Shay had the knitted snake that he called Mr. Huggy that also that's what he refers to this the real life snake right that's right 
And that's also the fact that he'd been hugged so much by those nit creatures is why he can stand up to the <laughs> the snake crushing yeah. him. I love those connections. Yeah, he actually tires out the snake. <laughs> and that connection works. Whereas this one, it just feels like, well, how would he know that? And how would she know that? We've just done that. We've just done her wiring for her Hexabot. How would we know to do that for his? Mm-hmm. So again... It's got to be this connection. And I do think maybe that's what they were trying to hint at, especially when it comes to the ending, because the ending is gorgeous. The ships that were trapped, you know, stuck, they can't deviate from their path. Yeah, because of autopilot. (laughs) Essentially become melted together and become this bridge that sink in and unite the worlds, the plague dam, the regular world, and we see... Shay and Vela standing together on the opposite sides from they were at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. They've come together. I mean, there's a whole bit with Merrick and Shay tries to jump a ridiculous distance, which you know he can't do. And Grabbing Gary saves him yeah. and, and does a thumbs up <laughs> emoticon yeah. as he's melting Terminator style. Yeah, it's, yeah, nice Terminator 2 reference. That's all... I, it's a bit silly, but also fun. Yeah. But the, the ending of those two standing together, looking at each other, is just really, really beautiful. And then you get, in the credits, you get bits of scenes that tell you these things continue on. And instead of a maiden's feast every year, you're going to have the, the bridge joining feast or something like right. that. That works really well. I love that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like story-wise, we needed to know the connection a bit more. We needed to see how that worked a bit more. And so, for us as a player, it didn't quite make sense Mm. the way that they were connecting these puzzles. Even though it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I just can't turn that part of my brain off and not think about it. Yeah, I mean, in the credits, they they kind of roll. The, it looks like Shay and Vela get together, I guess, and become a couple. At least that was the, the idea that I got. Quite possibly. Um, and so it's a happily ever after for them, and yeah, happily ever after for everybody. Um, and and doing it in the credits is a good way to save money again. <laughs> Just <laughs> drawings. Um, but yeah, I, I at the end though, I couldn't. Work out why is it called Broken Age? Well, there are a few things. So one is going into Double Fine Adventure where Tim Schafer talks about the fact that they're teenagers and even within that time, it feels like an age where you're kind of broken. You're being told what to do, even though you often feel that that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're being told some things are true, but you find out that they aren't true. There's a lot of maturity and things that happen in that okay the world itself is kind of broken in the fact that there are all these cults that have been created by this alien race there are or a human race that's mutated either way it's created this whole situation that shouldn't exist Mm -hmm. that the aliens are also broken in a way that they need to be healed so i think that they're a lot of reasons why Broken Age, that the title fits in metaphorically and thematically. Right. And so for me, it works. I like the title. I was just, I was just like, by the time I'd finished playing it, I was like, 
I, I didn't really understand that that was all. And so, and I, I think that the ships coming together to form the bridge is symbolic of the repairing of the world and that mm. it's going to be better from now on. And they're not going to be stealing maidens from now on. Right. Yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. We're just watching the credits. I even had to take a note of this. Wow. That's a lot of backers. <laughs> they had. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, I, I don't want to go too in depth because I know we've, we've talked a lot already today, but the double fine adventure, it goes from basically talking about the Kickstarter and how good their Kickstarter did. It was, if it wasn't the top one at the time, it certainly was one of the top ones at the time. They had over $3 million right. from the Kickstarter. And that was amazing. The proof that, you know, they were thinking, well, how small can we do something? I think their goal was like 300000 Wow, so they smashed it then. Yeah. And then, well, we can make some sort of, you know, iPhone game or something mm. with whatever we get. We'll just make the, something small. And then they got a lot of money. And then they actually, well, we should make something bigger but that also becomes a problem because they got bigger and bigger and things took longer and longer and so you know money started to run out and so this is where the release date i'm not sure of because the release date happened twice essentially even more if you consider so the backers got it early right and that was actually kind of a great thing because the backers were sending in all these uh quality assurance issues bug issues so it was sort of a beta test beyond the beta test before it released live to Steam. Right. And that was Act 1. They spent a whole, well, over a year at least, creating Act 2 basically out of their own money. They could have just said, well, here's Act 1. We finished it. It's done. And maybe we'll make Broken Age 2. But they didn't. They said, this isn't a complete game. We promised you a complete game. We will keep working on it on our own, like digging into our own money and our own resources for a long time to make sure that you get that. So Vela shooting down Mogjothra and then Shay getting out of the ship and then switching sides, that was the game originally? Well, that's as it was released. Okay. and But only released, uh, I think, to PC that way. Okay, so this, was it like an episodic thing that they did then? And then they well, sort of. It was two halves, so they did this, and then this, the whole and the, rest of the it, whole second and third act, yeah. Okay, which kept getting the deadline for that kept getting put back later and later because they wanted to put out something that was good that wasn't okay. buggy. And then when they decided they were going to have physical copies printed as well, like you need to make sure that most of your bugs and everything are worked out before yeah. then as well. So all of those things and watching their Oliver, this programmer from Germany, who's just, I'm in total awe of. There's one point where you see him with six screens going, like the different consoles, the different types of computers and programs saying, yes, they're all working on this one. Oh, that one just crashed. (laughs) (laughs) But he's there to make sure that the compatibility works across all of them. Okay. Just amazing. I mean, especially when you look at how small the teams are to make this game and how much they got out of this game. It's just amazing. But yeah, that's part of why it took so long to do because they're a small company. They're a small family that mm-hmm. are trying to make this happen. So 
Double Fine Adventure, it's great to watch for seeing how good, I mean, I think this is, this is probably one of the best game companies as far as the way they respect each other, the way they treat each other, the way they do seem like a family. Some of these people have been together for a very long time. The way that they struggle through all the difficulties, the way that they will push through and make something they're proud of rather than just do the business side and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. And they, like I said, they easily could have tried to say, well, this is the game. And now we've got another game. They were short on money because it took longer and they were doing more than they thought they they could originally. So it got bigger and bigger. Yeah. And so there were some things like selling prints and merchandise and hoping that the sales from Act 1 would help pay enough to get through Act 2 and to make it work. And it did, but it was kind of like nail-biting as it as it was. But it's not the kind of documentary that's built on drama or false drama that's trying to get you to, you know, oh, there's a fight between these two. And right, it's, yeah, it's not yeah. really like that. It's yeah. like they all really have the same goal and they all want it. They all see it working slightly differently. Can they make it work? But I think that that for me is the ultimate thing, is just seeing this group come together and make it work through all the difficulties. And also seeing things like, oh, well, this this programmer, this animator has to leave the project because we have other games we're working on. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's kind of already done and paid for. Like, we, we need to get something new out there to make revenue. So we have to keep moving forward. Yeah. And so that was, for me, just really interesting to see, even though a lot of people would love to have stayed on the project. Like, well, but we as a company have to keep moving forward. So that team got smaller and smaller (laughs) by the end. But you just got to see over the years how many people worked on that and then moved on to other things. So when I flicked through the documentary, I watched the first one of the episodes you told me. I was like, this is where it's basically the start of the 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 double uh, the uh, broken age thing. Where I stopped watching basically, and uh, it started out basically with one guy leaving. I don't know if you remember that part, but some some there are a number of guys who uh, leave. So <laughs> so this guy's leaving, and then they have a big farewell. Not a big farewell. It's like they're all fit in one room on two sofas, pretty much, with a few standing. But I think that that's the majority of the company yeah. is in that room. I just love what Tim Tim says. He's like, and so and so is off to fulfill his lifelong dream of not working at Double Fine. <laughs> ah, well, no, I do remember that one because that's uh, the creator of Monkey Island. Like, oh, is that is yeah. that ah okay. So he and Tim have been together since early days of LucasArts. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. So that was that was a very very big deal. Yeah. Well, he made one of the best. Um, he made one of the best playtest uh, kind of QA things that fixed one of the parts of the game. Was like, why do I have to walk all the way off screen? Have an arrow, a double click arrow that I can just zip to the next screen. Saved me so yep. much time. Thank you. <laughs> So I would say, I mean, you've played the game if you listen to this, I'm assuming. I would say if you really want to see how things worked behind the scenes, this is a great series for that. And that was what they did with their Kickstarter, which I think is one of the most impressive things, is that from the beginning, the idea is we're going to have the Kickstarter and we're also going to have this documentary crew coming in. That's one of the best things, I think, 
from their Kickstarter was they had planned from the beginning to have not only the game being made, but also the documentary being made and that they were going to go all the way through and show you the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, all of it. And I think it would have been very sad if they had come out with a really subpar game, but they came out with something that I think overall, even though I complain about a number of little things, that is fantastic. It's solid, man. Yeah, I mean, just, just because you've got a problem with some of the puzzles doesn't mean it's a bad game, for sure. It looks beautiful. The voice work is good. The music is good. The story overall is good. I would actually think this could work very well as a movie, as an animated full length, that in the story we could tweak some of the things to make it work a little bit more story-wise. I like it. I think it's a very beautiful game all the way through, and this is probably one that in the future I'll come back and play again. Gaps filled and more gaps created. 